Today we have a hand featuring Rosie from Next Gen Poker, where Rosie's against a player who is consistently applying a lot of aggression before the flop. Three betting, leaning on Rosie, stealing all the small pots, and today we're going to discuss how to combat this type of player, and also how to play on a monotone flop, where it's three of the same suit. Let's get right to it. All right, let's turn it around. We got jacks again in the cutoff this time. We've opened to $20, and the small blind has three bet us to 70. Now, little tidbit, this was a very nice gentleman, but this is the fourth time he's three bet us today, and I'm tired of it. We've got a great four bet candidate versus small blind three bet anyways, so let's just go for it. I make it $175, but he does make the call. All right, let's talk about this right off the bat. We are... Rosie playing good, strong, tight, aggressive poker, not too out of line. We raise it up in the cutoff. The same very nice player. Three bets us again for the fourth time. All right, from a GTO point of view, playing about 150 big blinds deep like they are, you really don't want to do a whole lot of four betting from in position because you really don't want to four bet any non-premium hand and then get shoved on because then you have to fold it or make a gigantic call. Now, I do know that Rosie plays in very loose, splashy, battly games, so the GTO strategy may not apply. But from the GTO point of view, you should be three or four betting with aces, kings, ace-king suited, and then a smattering of ace-x suited. And that's about it. You can certainly justify four betting with jacks sometimes, but I think for the most part, you're going to just want to call in the spot because the hand flops pretty well. We're in position, and we really don't want to four bet and then get shoved because even though this player has been three betting us a lot, we have no clue what that actually means about their five betting strategy. They may only five bet with the nuts. They may five bet with all sorts of stuff. Who knows? And I have to imagine if we do four bet here against this particular opponent, we probably got to call it off, which is going to be rough because we're going to be flipping or behind a lot of the time in that spot. But fine, we do decide to put in the four bet. The opponent calls. Off to a flop, which comes king seven four all spades. He checks. I'm going to be very honest with you guys. I'm actually not sure whether to see bet or not in the moment. In hindsight, I think we can see bet here and deny a lot of equity that is able to be had on a board like this. I, however, in the moment, do not like the board, and I check it back. All right. What I want you to do is I want you to take a second, think about what you would do in this spot, and pause the video. Would you do what Rosie did and check it back, or would you put in a bet? Pause the video and write what you would do really quick in the comment section below. I'll be here when you get back. So this is a situation where I think in general you want to bet frequently and small. You want to use a small size in the spot because we have a lot of ace of spades in our range. And we have a lot of kings in our range. And if you think about that four bet bluffing range from a GTO point of view, we have some flushes, some nut flushes. Also, we have some hands like ace three of hearts that really does not mind putting out a small bet and picking up the pot. We also have hands like these pocket jacks where if the opponent does have some loose, splashy three bet with a hand like ace of spades 10 or ace with a 10 of spades, they're going to have to call and we just get a little bit more money in the pot with what is the best hand at the moment. So if you think about most of our range in this scenario, because it is so good and strong, we just want to put a little bit more money in the pot. You don't want to use giant bets in this spot because if we did have a flush already, we don't want our opponent to fold. If we had a king and we like rip all of our money in or make some gigantic bet, and the opponent does stick around, we're often not in great shape. And that's especially true when they have a hand like pocket jacks. So this is a spot where I think you're just going to want to bet frequently and small and perhaps even 
close to every single time you want to put a bet in the pot. So I would have gone for a small bet of something like $80 here. If you do bet and the opponent does decide to raise, you cannot fold any hand with a spade and a pair. We're playing for all the money. And I know a lot of people are very uncomfortable playing for a lot of the money without the nuts. But if you think about the opponent's range to check raise and get it in in this pot, it's going to be a lot of kings, sometimes with a spade, sometimes without a spade. And we're, you know, for 35, 40-ish percent against that. Also, they can have just the ace of spades, like ace of spades queen, ace of spades jack, ace of spades ten, and they may decide to blast it. They may decide to get really frisky with a hand like ace with the ten of spades that we're in great shape against. So this is certainly a dicey spot, but I think the best course of action is to just bet small. Because if you think about what's going to happen on a lot of turns, the opponent's going to bet, we're going to have to call, and then on a lot of rivers, they're going to jam. And uh, now we're stuck in this rough bluff catching spot, which is... Not really where, where you want to be for all your money, unless, unless you know your opponent's going to be overly loose, aggressive, and badly. If you know they're going to be bluffing the turn and the river with all sorts of junk, then you can just easily check it back on the turn, call a, or check it back on the flop, call a turn bet, call a river bet, win the money most of the time. So if you do think your opponent is a very nice gentleman, but also insane, then checking it back on the flop and then calling down on pretty much any runouts actually not a bad play at all. Let's see how this plays out. The turn is the five of clubs, and he now leads for 150. This is another issue with not c-betting the flop. It's tough to know where we're at when he bets here. If we c-bet the flop and he calls, we would likely get a free river. I think our hand, however, is too strong to fold at this point. I do make the call. We're off to a river, pretty big pot, hoping for a clean one. It's the queen of clubs. Slow down, slow down, Rosie. All right, when the opponent bets the turn, I'm actually very happy about this spot because we have a hand that can very easily call a turn bet, and in my mind, pretty easily call a river bet if this very nice player is actually three betting us a ton. You gotta remember, if this player's three betting us a ton, yeah, they're gonna have some nuts in their range with ace, x of spades. They're gonna have some random kings with like, I don't know, king, queen, offsuit. But if you think about their range, it really shouldn't contain a whole lot of kings, because he did call the four bet. And also, it should just contain a lot of ace of spades, queen, ace of spades, jack, ace of spades, ten, maybe. And then also, the opponent could have just a lot of thin-ish value bets with hands like pocket 10s, pocket 9s, pocket 8s, with or without a spade, for all I know. That's just hoping to pick up the pot or hoping to clean up their equity. So I'm actually pretty happy about this spot so far, especially if I think my opponent's a little bit more on the loose and aggressive side. River's a queen, though. That's not particularly good, because now ace-queen gets there, whether it was the ace of spades or the queen of spades. Also, if the opponent did have a random loose queen of spades jack or queen of spades 10, that just got there. This is actually a pretty bad river. Uh, and he checks. I'm Opponent checks the river. Do we ever rip in the bluff? Uh, I don't think so. I don't think anyone's gonna fold a king here. The question is, will they ever fold a queen? I have to presume a king's gonna value bet the river. A queen will check, and the question is, is will a queen check and then fold? We have two-thirds pot left. Probably not. It's probably best just to check it back here. Notice in this scenario, if we don't think we can get a whole lot of queens to fold or any better hands to fold, we're not getting any better hands to fold. The question then becomes, do we get any value from worse hands if we bet? Can we get value from pocket tens or pocket nines if we bet? Probably not. So I think this is a fine hand just to check it back. But if you do think your opponent will have a hand like a queen in the spot a lot because they'll bet a king and better, and you think they're never going to check looking to trap you, with a flush or with a set or something like that, then you have the best hand every time unless they have a queen. But if they'll fold the queen, 
and you win all the other times as well, it actually becomes very free to bet because then you just win the times they have the queen as well. But I don't think that's actually going to happen all that often. And a lot of players will just find a call with a queen or they will check with some flushes or check with some sets looking to set you up and trap you. So find a spot to check it back. Let's see if Rosie finds the check back. Happy to get to showdown here. Don't obviously don't like seeing a card higher than our jacks again. I check it back and he shows ace queen with the ace of spades. Bummer. The opponent did have the ace queen. Yeah, I mean, really, I don't mind the way Rosie played this hand. I probably would just bet small on the flop with pretty much my entire range. And if your opponent did check raise you here, you just have to go with it, which is gross. Feels a little bit unfortunate, but I don't really see any other way around it, given the opponent is especially badly. Then on the turn they bet, all you can do is call, give them every opportunity to stay in with a potential bluffing hand like ace of spades X or a queen of spades going to the river. And if the river is a blank and they rip it in on you, you can catch a lot of bluffs. But on the ace or the queen river in particular, it's pretty bad. And I think you just end up losing the pot a lot. And Rosie lost the pot, but Rosie didn't get stacked. Well, it lost a little, just a little, just a little, just a flesh wound. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay to lose the small and medium pots. And to be fair, it's even okay to lose the big pots. Sometimes when you're in there battling against players who are three betting you very frequently, you're going to lose big pots and that is okay. But if you play these pots... More often than not, in position with good strong ranges, you are going to crush these players in the long run because they're playing out of position with presumably a little bit more loosey-goosey junky ranges. That's going to be it for today. I hope you enjoyed this video. If you did, do me a quick favor. Click the like and subscribe buttons down below. Also, make sure you follow Next Gen Poker on YouTube, TikTok, Tinder, Twitch, wherever you enjoy consuming good poker content from three of the most fun players in the poker community, Bringing the fun back to the game. I appreciate all the work they are doing. Good luck in your games. Have fun. And I'll talk to you next time.